You're strong, Angel. You're strong. I know you are. Fly away. Fly free. Welcome to the next four Karate Kid Minutes, a podcast where we discuss the next Karate Kid four free-flying minutes at a time. I'm Robin, and uh, joining us today from, oh my god, like, <laughs> Return to Oz Minute, Never Ending Minute, uh, how, how, I mean, uh, so many minutes. And this means, uh, we were just talking about Apocalypse Now, uh, American Graffiti. Anyway, Tyranny's here, everybody. <laughs> Got on the podcast. <laughs> uh, yes, I, I it's my mission to guest on more movies by minute podcasts than uh, Crystal Bath ever did. <laughs> I thought you were going to say more movies by minutes podcasts than you've produced, and you haven't gotten there yet. Uh, <laughs> I have, but, uh, although there have been a couple movies where I was like, "Oh, I didn't get to that one." Please, please let me be a guest. I swear, yeah. I have stuff to contribute. <laughs> right. Uh, well, this is your first time being on Karate Kid Minute, and uh, I do have to mention uh, real quick for all the Matt fans out there, Matt's actually uh, on assignment this week. He is, uh, he's uh, actually uh, perfecting his karate waltz, uh, so uh, he'll be joining us uh, next week for the final week of uh, Next Karate Kid. Uh, but tonight, uh, we're talking to Tierney. It's just me and Tierney. Uh, so, Tierney, uh, again, your first foray into Karate Kid uh, minute. Uh, we haven't heard any of your history uh, it, with it this franchise. It had to be my first foray into Karate Kid Minute because this is the only Karate Kid media that I have ever consumed. Oh, really? <laughs> ever. Wow. I, I, am, I am aware there is a TV show happening mm-hmm. and I am aware that there was a first Karate Kid and the guy's <laughs> name was Daniel and wax on, <laughs> wax off. I think at some point he painted a fence all Tom Sawyerly. That's it. <laughs> That's all I know. And, and sweep the leg. Sweep the leg is from your franchise, uh-huh. right? Yeah. yeah. Um, no that's mercy. It. Uh, I didn't even know that was from that. I thought that was an Elvis thing. Um, I, oh, mer- yeah. Elvis is just Mercer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, uh, shout out to Uncle Jesse from Full House. Uh, yeah. No, <laughs> I knew nothing. I did not grow up with this. I was right at the age where I was forbidden by my parents to go see the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movies mm-hmm. in the, th- when they came out, too violent. um, too <laughs> violent. And, um, this was right around the time. I think I actually told this on the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles minute. Um, cause I <laughs> did funny, eventually cause Rachel Gatlin it. was just our guest. <laughs> um, there was an urban legend in my town that two kids were playing mortal Kombat, and one of them killed the other kid. Oh, like now, from like punching their head off yes, or freezing them? Yes, I 100% and... <laughs> as a child believed this had happened. And now as an adult realized there's absolutely no way this happened in my town. And no, and, <laughs> and, and and like no one knew who the kid was. It wasn't in the news. It wasn't right. like, but the, but the urban legend was two kids were playing Mortal Kombat in their backyard and one okay. of them hit the other kid and killed him. And so none of us were allowed to see the Mortal Kombat movies, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. We were allowed the cartoon because right. our parents could not stop us. Burger King was <laughs> an enabler right there. <laughs> um, so like karate, I was very aware of it, but it did not penetrate into my bubble. <laughs> okay. And, and then I hit the age where you just, in the in the weekends, you're too young, you can't go anywhere, but you're too old to like, play 
So you just turn on TBS and TNT and for 48 <laughs> hours, that's your life. And so <laughs> yep. I saw the next Karate Kid about 5,000 times. Oh, wow. Perfect. <laughs> and this was, but I had no background. Who is Mr. Right. Miyagi? He is a veteran with a friend in Boston. Like, right. that's yes. what I knew. <laughs> He's basically Yoda. Uh <laughs> yes. As far as I can tell. And yeah, he's talking about a boy. And so I think I figured out like, oh yeah, there were earlier Karate Kid movies. I've seen yeah. a poster. <laughs> That's, remember that was the it. Remember the kid, the crane kick? No, uh, <laughs> you'll have to go back and watch the first three sometime. But I guess it isn't really in- essential to see uh, part four uh, because it is, it's like a re- uh, reboot basically. Yep. Uh, so Yes. Well, that's cool. Uh, I, I, I'm glad Half your listeners just turned off the podcast and I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, I think the, those people turned off when they were like, oh, they're doing the next karate kid. Uh, that doesn't, that one doesn't have Daniel in it. We'll tune back in when they cover Cobra Kai. <laughs> it's definitely my favorite one. I mean, by yeah. default, but also, I mean, peak Hillary swank. <laughs> right. Exactly. I mean, yeah. Is it, is it, uh, that's what I've been asking. I've been trying to have like, you know, all female guests uh, season for this one because I feel feel like the next karate kid is a female and, and a teenage girl. And what are two dudes going to sit here and talk about a teenage girl for? I, I've got to have a female voice on the show. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, did you, I mean, I guess, uh, it was, it was 1994. Is this, yep. it was Julie, like a, a role model at this time or you were, were you adulting at this time? I'm, I'm polite enough not to ask your age. That's okay. I was, I not, was adulting. <laughs> I was not adulting. I was a kid. Okay. Um, but what was really important for me and I, We'll say it's going to come up throughout this whole week. I think every single <laughs> week, it's episode, I was like, oh, and here's that reference. Um, yeah. I was a fan of 1992's Buffy the Vampire Slayer, ah, which Hilary Swank was in as yes. one of her friends, one of the shallow girls. And she's the one that says, get out of my facial. Um, <laughs> I loved that movie. I know Joss Whedon did not. But he can bite me right. for so many reasons. So many so reasons. <laughs> I, I, and I get that, like, okay, fine. It wasn't the story he wanted to tell. And I loved the TV show. So I'm glad, like, that worked out. But right. I loved that movie. Lo- Donald Sutherland as a watcher. Yes. I watched it over and over again. At one point, I had a couple of the songs, like, taped off the radio. And so Hillary Swank in a girl kicking butt movie was perfect (laughs) but i never because i didn't do karate it didn't have as much of an i was aware of it if you asked me who the karate kid was i would have said obviously that girl with the hawk um (laughs) (laughs) so it's a weird like she's not the one who was really impacting me at that point but hillary swank was very adjacent to that and I was awesome. the perfect age to be like, this is amazing. And then they go to prom. They all go to prom. <laughs> Everyone goes to prom. Like that is. We did a bonus episode about Teen Witch and uh, before we started this movie. And uh, uh, yeah, it, that ends in prom as well. <laughs> they <laughs> Every all do. Good, yeah, they go to these movies and in a dance. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's pretty much a dance in every karate. Yeah, every karate kid movie. There's a dance. Oh, there okay. Is a dance. So, you know. I know maybe you, at the time you were, you saw the title and said, the next Karate Kid? What do you mean the next one? 
<laughs> but maybe maybe now that you're more like, hmm, hey, there's a dance at the oh. end or, or near the end. What I uh, love is until you announce you're doing this four minutes at a time for because it's the fourth movie, I always assumed this was the third because I knew there was a The Karate Kid. Right. And I think at some point I must have picked up like, yes, there is a Karate Kid too. Right. But then I just assumed that the next Karate Kid was Karate Kid 3 and they changed the title because they is... were changing the <laughs> yeah. main character. So, right. yeah. Um, yeah. The first two were blockbusters. The other one kind of uh, suffered quite a bit. And that's why yeah. they're like, well, let's try something a little different, you know? I I like different. I mean, I <laughs> the hawk as metaphor is a little heavy handed. <laughs> right. A little All right, rough. We should, uh, we should, we should <laughs> get yes. into it then. Let me let me let me do the official. Today we are talking about minutes seventy-two to seventy-six of the next Karate Kid. They begin with Julie flipping the bird, and <laughs> end with uh, Miyagi scratching up Louise's hardwood floors. Uh, so uh, yeah, we pick up where we left off on Friday. I, with, I uh, see no lies in that synopsis. <laughs> right, right. Uh, Miyagi encouraging Julie to release Angel the Hawk back into the wild, and uh, uh, let's get into your hawk thoughts. Uh, <laughs> What do you think about this teenage girl teaming this wild bird? As an, it's so stupid. It's so stupid. <laughs> but as a kid, I did not question it. I was totally like, this is right. awesome. She has a hawk. She has so a hawk. So cool. Um, <laughs> I did look it up because there's another bird like flying with it. So I was trying mm-hmm. to figure out like, is that like, Mm-mm. is that a buddy bird? <laughs> Um, not planned. <laughs> so I learned a lot about the Harris Hawks, um, but not what that other bird is. Um, but apparently they're super social. So I was like, I guess this other bird was like, yeah, this guy's my buddy. This guy <laughs> is nice. This is fine. <laughs> no, no. Uh, l- l- okay, I'll jump ahead a little bit because uh, honestly, uh, uh, yeah, according to trivia, this was not planned. Like watching <laughs> the movie, I, I mean, it, it kind of works. You think, oh, look, another bird is kind of welcoming Angel back into the wild. Oh, he's got, yeah. a little, she's got a little buddy now, you know. Uh, but actually, this is a bird that was protecting its nest uh, on location. Oh, uh, that, okay. that mama bird or or papa okay. bird, I'm not sure. Uh, saw a bird of prey uh, flying Fair near enough. their nest and was just like, "Get the heck away! Get out of here!" <laughs> I love so, it. so I love yeah, it. this this unannounced guest cameo uh, leaps into the Aww. film, and it's so funny. It's every single like f- glorious flying angel scene. Suddenly, you see a little little bird just going, "Get out of here! Get out of here!" <laughs> okay, that's adorable. <laughs> um, <laughs> It lets me do a shout out to Bluey, which is a children's cartoon and one of the best TV shows I've ever watched in my life, which has an episode called Magpie, where a magpie is trying to protect its nest and they have to figure out how to get past it in the park. So there we go. It's great. I mean, Um, in any other movie, would you have uh, a unannounced uh, guest cameo? Uh, just attacking one of the stars and they just leave it on the film. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, this is uh, fine. Filmmaking at its finest, you know? Um, the, yeah. The, the last three were directed by John Avildsen. So this is, uh, this is uh, Christopher Kane uh, directing this one. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, um, it, it, it's super heavy handed. I do have a note that I doubt you yes. or Matt would have picked up on as oh, they please. start walking away uh, Julie Pierce is demonstrating the perils of wearing a skirt in a windy location. 
Oh, no, I would definitely did not have that. <laughs> and if she is a true 90s girl, she will have on a little pair of bike shorts under that skirt. Right. Because right. when it's windy and city gals don't think you're free from this, the worst place is the freaking subway. I live in Boston. And let me tell you, waiting for the T when it pulls up Park Street, I, I've accidentally flashed so many people. And I did not mean to. And then I just learned like, oh, you can't wear flippy skirts. It's just not, it's just not going to work out. So there we go. That's my feminine outlook. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, see, that's why this is an all female season. I'm, I'm so happy to get this perspective. Like I immediately think Marilyn Monroe, like all the girls just immediately do the Marilyn Monroe pose and everything's all safe. But uh... yeah, you notice Marilyn Monroe isn't having to hold anything else. She doesn't have to have her card out to tap on. Uh, she right, doesn't have any books with her. <laughs> she hasn't got an iced coffee that she's going to have to sacrifice if she wants to pick because you have to pin down both sides is the problem. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah, the famous uh, photographs are n- nobody's t- taking photos from the other side, I suppose. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, that is definitely something that I felt like, yep, that, that, yep, if you're up on the side of a quarry, which they're, they're here. I mean, somewhere on the other side, Casey Affleck is like watching the shoot going, someday I'll be a movie star. <laughs> Yeah, I, that's, I mean, since you are uh, Boston-based, have you ever gone to any next Karate Kid filming locations? Because <laughs> there are plenty. Um, if I have, it was not on purpose <laughs> with my knowledge. <laughs> Actually, no, the- um, it, we don't get to see it. Where I worked is a very prominently featured in this film. I worked in the financial district and my building, when he's on top of the train. Oh. And they show the skyline. Yeah. There's that white building that um, it's actually kind of, it's not quite a parallelogram, but it's four-sided with the two short sides uh-huh. at, uh, at an angle. Um, that is, well, we're, we were a law firm and we were on floors six, 35 to 42, and then 45 and 46. So Mr. Popio, who was the head of our law firm, had an office up on that 46th floor, would have been looking right down on that train lot. Oh, wow. And um, I used to file... <laughs> His, um, I used to update his law books. And so, because usually someone else could be trusted, but they sent an actual librarian to deliver his books to yeah. be like, you're fancy, sir. Enjoy. Yeah. Um, and so I would hang out in his room, updating the books, looking out at that exact view, like, yeah, like looking out over the Harbor and that's where that train lot is. So it's, yeah, it's quite the, it's quite the view. And it's, it's a great shot too. That there's a, like a little crane and it kind of raises and the city kind of comes up behind him. But yeah. Uh, and it's so funny. Like not only is my building in that shot, it is centered. <laughs> <laughs> it's built up since 94, a little bit. But right. Right. Yeah. So uh, I got to say uh, Hillary's training with this bird. I mean, you see, there's actually a shot where the bird actually comes in and lands on Julie's glove. And you can see that's Hillary Swank and Pat Morita standing there. It, yeah. I'd be nervous as heck, honestly, but well, I don't have any really behind the scenes uh, trivia about her training with the hawk. Yeah, but. I don't know the specifics, but they said the Harris hawk is like one of the most common in Falkyrie starting in the 80s because it's so social. And it's oh, nice. like, sure, I'll hang out with you. No problem. Ah, you so got the, treats? Great. So, so I'm assuming it didn't take much. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so I, it probably didn't place. take much to train her to like catch 
the you know catch and release basically um yeah it's cool and again as a girl as a little girl i was like this is awesome and now as an adult i'm like that hawk's wing is not broken any like what (laughs) what has been the recovery schedule for this bird no idea no idea but i I just assume like it's basically uh, been hurt and trapped this entire movie. And then finally a professional of animal control took the t-shirt that that she wrapped around its wing off Mm -hmm. and actually got it. uh, It's bandaged. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. So Uh let's get into the metaphor. Uh, Miyagi (laughs) says, uh, Angel flies back, hesitant to leave. And Miyagi says, sometimes when live in cage too long, whole worlds seem like very big place. And, uh, you know, obviously you didn't see the last three. Miyagi did a long stint in San Quentin that happens through part two. What? I'm just, I'm, <laughs> none of that happened. I'm just like, what do you know about living in a cage? I, you know, I guess the metaphorical cage, right? Okay. Okay. Julie's been um, in the cage of her own anger and depression, I think. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is, this is um, in the next scene that's part of these four minutes. But mm-hmm. what I really love is when before Miyagi, well as Miyagi's scratching up the hardwood floors Julie comes in and she grins as she watches him like rearranging the furniture and I was just thinking the contrast between the first time you meet Julie right and that was was really nice because it's kind of the same you know like she's just walking past I think it might even be the same doorway but this time she stops and like smiles at him and I was like look we did it Yay! In the first one, it was just like she stopped and looked at him. Was just she was just like hi, and then yeah, and then like stomps <laughs> off. Yeah. So yeah, it was a nice like showing not telling moment mm-hmm. for the growth of Julie Pierce. So the opposite of that, uh, Julie is now tearfully encouraging Angel and maybe herself that she's strong enough to fly <gasps> free now, right? <laughs> she so so nice. She jumped onto the rock. It's all gonna be fine. <laughs> Uh, are all of the movies as like, well, you did this one thing. Now you can do all things. <laughs> it, yeah. I mean, that is that, you know, that a uh, little bit of that uh, kind of, you get into the little cringy of the Asian mysticism, you know, like, oh, this, we'll get by this old man. So now I can, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. So Miyagi did clap and touch Angel's wing. Do you think Miyagi healed the bird? <laughs> She healed herself. He's very oh, that's clear right. on that. <laughs> Sorry, they said he said that out loud. Yeah, uh, and, uh, and and oh, I guess that's saying that Miyagi didn't heal Julie. Julie healed herself as well, right? Because we're yeah, he's just facilitating. He's right. pushing them in the right direction. <laughs> um, you know, and I mean, in a practical matter, he might have been feeling to be like, okay, before we like unwrap the wing. Is it actually healed? Like, do I still feel a break in there? Okay, no, we're good to go. Because, like, what would that have happened if he touched? He's like, just kidding. Still broken. (laughs) Right. Yeah, yeah. We'll just go home for another two weeks. (laughs) Or just the fact that it's like you're saying you've decided that you're going to let this bird fly free for the first time over a quarry where it just, like, fly free. And it just kind of goes down into the water. (laughs) Also, I don't know about, like, bird's wing specifically but i do know that a lot of nature centers have a lot of birds where it's like yep they broke their wings so now they can never go back to the woods yeah they're hobbled or something so yeah i it's a magical hawk okay (laughs) 
it's an angel. Uh, <laughs> it's an angel hawk. All right. They could not have been any more clear where we were going with this <laughs> the entire effing time. <laughs> right. Uh, so, yeah, we say goodbye to Angel here. She she does not come back uh, for the rest of the movie. She doesn't come in at the last minute to tag team with uh, Julie to take on Ned. Although uh, that would have been amazing. <laughs> just like a, suddenly the hawk out of nowhere pecks his eyes out. I mean, uh, the hawk gets to be mad at Ned, too. Everyone yeah. should get to punch him at the end. Anyway. <laughs> exactly. Like, you put me in bird jail. What? what? <laughs> I will say... I had not rewatched this movie in forever, and I usually uh-huh. was catching it on TV. Well, this movie went a lot harder on how awful Ned is than I remembered. Uh, yeah, it's a little like, rapey. <laughs> I mean, I I remembered his general attitude, but whole oh my god, watching it as an adult, I was just like, this was this was a children's movie. Yeah, yeah. Watch he out wants for home to take monitors. her to That's the docks. The... Yeah. You know what happens at the docks. I mean, nothing but bad. <laughs> nothing but bad. And, and in case you weren't clear on what happens at the docks because you're a child, let mm. us make it clear with this guy. Yeah. This guy, Michael Cavallari. Although <laughs> I will say the other movie that showed up. So this is this is going to make me sound like a crazy person. My grandmother and I, we we saw the movie Buffy the Vampire Slayer. We decided we loved it. We also saw the movie, I think it's called Last Night. It stars um, Juliette Lewis and Elijah Dushku as a little kid. It's about a girl in the 50s who gets pregnant and gets sent away to a home for pregnant teenagers. Uh But somehow, because there's a little girl, my grandma decided that was fine for me to watch. I'm doing a little (laughs) shoulder shimmy. Grandma had no Uh boundaries. Uh Um, And we had watched a daytime soap opera designed for kids designed for teenagers and preteens that starred sarah michelle geller who then went on to all my children she like graduated to real soap operas and then i still have somewhere in my house is the clipping from tv guide saying they're gonna make a tv show of buffy the vampire slayer starring sarah michelle geller and my (laughs) grandmother and i said we have to to watch this everything <laughs> has been leading up to this and it became so my parents said you're too young to watch this tv ma you know they had just started doing the warnings before tv shows right. for yeah. kids so the compromise was i could watch this show as long as my dad watched it with me <laughs> so that if things came up right. i could he would be right there now that parental guidance yeah. what ended up happening <laughs> was that parental guidance led me to learn a lot more than I would have from the talk when Ugh. Buffy loses her virginity. I later. would say yes. And um, like the fifth season, I think, gets a little bit... Well, it, get, and, yeah. it gets better from that. So we watch the season of Buffy. My dad is watching it next to me. He gets... He's like, this is great. They say, next season, we're going to start the show Dawson's Creek. And I say, Dad, will you watch that with me? I want to watch that show. That sounds amazing. And he says, yeah, sure, whatever. I'm here. <laughs> We watched Dawson's Creek, Buffy. We then had to watch um, Charmed. And I say had to because I had no interest in Charmed, but my dad wanted to watch it. And he's like, can you please just do your homework in the room so that I have an excuse to watch the show? (laughs) (laughs) We were WB addicts. Uh (laughs) We watched it all. The only thing was um, he could not stand um, what's her face, the mom on Gilmore Girls. 
So we oh, didn't yes, watch Lauren Gilmore Graham. Girls. I mean, Lauren Graham, for some reason, she just like, he was just like, I can't, I can't listen to a whole 42 minutes of that woman. Um, so, so we watched them all together. And it eventually I went off to college and my dad was like, no, my excuse. I have to know who Joey chooses. <laughs> so um, yeah, anyway, so all this to say the uh, awkward parental figure that we're, that we're meeting here with Mr. Miyagi. I mm-hmm. was down with it. I talked, I talked to my friend <laughs> Miyagi. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he, I, I'm trying to make like a Buffy angel reference, but I can't, I just can't make it work. I was just say Buffy had an angel too. Anyway, so. Buffy did have an angel too. <laughs> Bringing it back. Yeah. <laughs> Angel's off to the spinoff. Angel's in LA now. <laughs> uh-huh, right. That's where the, that's where the hawk was flying. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh man. They should have done a spinoff movie. Just like, uh, and the next hawk or something. I don't know. <laughs> the next karate hawk. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But like, then she starts telling him like, okay, Angel's gone. I have no one to talk to. I got asked to the prom. What if they waltz? And I'm like, in what universe? I know. Were they going to waltz at the senior prom Uh, in 94? An old fashioned waltz. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, it's, it's so terribly like, you're obviously setting up this, the next scene, which is you know (laughs) nice and sweet, but you know, it's just like, uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I, I would have liked it better if Miyagi was just like, well, you should learn a dance and let me teach you a dance or something. Or let me teach you kata. And then it learns and it goes into the dance. And he's like, I want you dancing like this and this only. <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> but I like uh, Julie's kind of uh, bashful. Like, oh, it was nice to get asked. Like she'd that given up on, she doesn't have dress. She doesn't know how to dance. Uh, but hey, you know, a boy took interest in her and it was nice. Yeah. Another weirdly adult relationship for a children's movie. Eric uh, yeah, being well, like, say you miss me. And it's like, what? you uh, barely uh, know this person. Uh, yeah. And also he is like a, like 30 something, right? Uh, <laughs> so, we'll get there. Like, yeah. w- listeners, we will get to see him. And I have thoughts. But yeah, um, first we have to do the the other 80s 90s requisite for movies we need a shopping montage absolutely you know really i i think they should have had mr miyagi like walking out of like the dressing room in different dresses just like <laughs> she's skinnier than me but maybe i could see how this style works because especially since the the saleswoman is just like asking what he likes yeah. and he's and he has to say oh the dress is not for me <laughs> and incredible open-minded saleswoman i like yeah. it i yeah. like it but massachusetts known for its uh friendliness towards that sort of lifestyle uh-huh. um i had to look it up because i was like i know this actress and then i looked it up it's annette miller i looked yeah. at her imdb i don't know this actress i know <laughs> i guess just like from watching this movie as a kid i like it's a very assumed slim I knew her. <laughs> IMDb. I, I, it looks to be a local theater actor, so she might be. She might do theater around Boston, Massachusetts. Yeah, it's so strange. She she like is a next Karate Kid in '94, maybe a couple of like small things, and all of a sudden she's in The Company Men in 2010, and then fast forward to 2021, suddenly she's in Don't Look Up, which was you know a pretty big movie from last yeah. year, that Oscar nominated. So just like. Okay. <laughs> she only she been... works every 10 years. Like a cicada, she emerges. <laughs> <laughs> or or like Pennywise. I don't know. <laughs> uh, 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 or just, she's got a particular set of skills. Like every every movie, she's open-minded yet snooty. <laughs> snooty. 
snooty snotty <laughs> oh yeah sorry. um <laughs> ferris bueller there uh i had to For look up definitions <laughs> yeah okay the, the definitions i didn't know what an a-line dress was uh uh, so I I, I, have a I did, but yes. Oh, did. <laughs> well, let me tell everybody. Uh, let me tell all the fellows out there. I yeah. don't know. I don't know me the genderizer, but I. You I, never know when this information will come in handy. <laughs> let me let me tell all the dress dummies out there. I'll just <laughs> won't make a gender thing. Uh, an A line is a triangular uh, silhouette, narrow and fitted at the top and widening out from the bust. Uh, coined in 1955 by Christian Dior. Uh, who also at the same time designed the H line and the Y line. So I suppose in the catalog, it said, Hey, <laughs> yeah. so the problem, so the Y line for Dior, I can picture like a Dior and what he's describing is giant shoulders mm. and then super skinny skirt where the, yeah. the, it's the women in the fifties taking those teeny tiny little steps in their heels. Cause they can't move their legs that much. <laughs> and a line is famous and still known and talked about because it's considered one of the most universally flattering cuts mm-hmm. of a dress. So if you figure like, okay, it's going out from the, if you've got a little bit of a tummy, if you've got hips, it's just kind of going to go whoosh, right past them. Just <laughs> making a little triangle and not talking about what's going on underneath. Yep. It's fine. Um, so yeah. And, and considering that your other options are like, a sheath dress, which again, you can't move your legs so much. And if you've got a little bit of a tummy, everyone's going to see it. So right. A-line is still considered one of the most flattering ways to design a dress. And quite frankly, most are <laughs> these days, <laughs> I would say. Unless it's like specifically, oh, an empire waist or a dropped waist. Like what else are you doing with the dress? Although I will say uh, 2022, Everything is those freaking little house on the prairie dresses these days. So <laughs> apparently what do I know? Because that's all the stores are selling. And I don't know who that's supposed to be flattering the, on. The, the peasant dresses, I think. Is that, yes. Is it, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I wouldn't even mind the peasant dresses, but every dress now has like a ruffled tier. And it's like, there's already a lot going on here, guys. <laughs> know that every dress needs a ruffle at the bottom <laughs> i really i really don't but uh, uh yeah t length t length is a dress worn to a late afternoon or early evening event typically with dancing live music and where maybe tea uh might be served uh yep. the length is above the ankle and below and below the knee although more modern styles allow above the knee so. Well, that would be very scandalous if you were going somewhere with tea. I mean, it makes sense <laughs> in this day and age. Um, midi is kind of an equivalent. So you think of you have a mini skirt that's above your knee. Right. Somewhere in your thigh. A midi is somewhere on your calf. And so okay. T length would be equivalent to that. Oh, all right. I thought like a midi, like if you're walking, all of a sudden it sounds like video game music is coming from your dress or no. I mean, <laughs> I'm now picturing like Molly Ringwald in a midi skirt <laughs> while that's happening. And I'm, I'm not mad about it. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, trend you can uh, silk charmeuse, uh, a f- which is charmeuse is a French word for female charmer, uh, a luxurious fabric with a shiny front and a dull back. <laughs> yeah. And crepe de chine is lightweight cloth, soft and sheer. So yeah. Yeah. So does he want something more substantial or something more frothy? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, I mean, I guess just saying conservative versus trendy is it probably would have been bad. Of course, he's yeah. not helping at all. It's like no. she's got a good spinning back kick. I don't know. Uh, Although GD- <laughs> he, he does his, you know, not too tall, but not not too short, but not too tall. And I looked it up, <laughs> and according to IMDb, which I granted, no, it's not the end all be all. But Hillary Swank is five six, and I can tell you. I am five six, and for many, most of my life, that has been the national average height of an American woman. So, <laughs> so he is height. right. <laughs> yeah. She is not too short, not too tall. Right. Not fat, not skinny. <laughs> Just slender. like, oh, thanks. <laughs> thanks for the slender. Yeah. Uh, and then he says, like this, which I, I'm assuming he's doing the. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> with his hands. I don't know. Oh. Yeah, I don't know how she was able to help him with those details, but... Uh, uh, Freaking next time, one of my notes for next episode was, how <laughs> did he figure out the size? But we'll get there. <laughs> uh, he didn't have to. She had to, I suppose. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, we go to the next scene where uh, Miyagi is pushing chairs across the wind floor. And yeah, all I can think of are scratches. Like, my kid decided to move her bed today across our uh, her hardwood floor room, and I cringed when i saw the scratches mm. in the floor i was like thanks for helping honey we have worked together <laughs> you have the little furniture movers you put the little cloth underneath each of the legs to, but uh, you can hear the you can hear the chair just like go like right, right across yeah. the, the floor there so uh, my kid is younger. We are in the step stool moving across the kitchen floor. And it's like, I know what you're doing. <laughs> Get out of the cabinet. Yeah, <laughs> You yeah. can't have snacks at seven in the morning. <laughs> you're going to have to buy a pair of silent stilts and you'll have the run of the kitchen. <laughs> Don't give him ideas. <laughs> Sorry, is he a listener? I have no idea. No. Uh, <laughs> oh, I've already got enough bad ideas from this movie of, I have to say, every, I don't know if adults did this. You said you were adulting when this movie came out, but every kid I know tried to tiger jump up onto a car. Oh, really? Oh, moving, yeah. Or, uh... <laughs> I mean, well, usually we were smarter than that, although I definitely remember doing that in a high school parking lot when my friend was like very, I mean, very slowly, like starting yeah. to back out or something and you try and jump up onto the hood because <laughs> karate kid, you know? Karate kid, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, do you have any other uh, notes for these minutes? No, and no. I've talked so long and I'm so sorry. <laughs> totally fine. I'm so happy you're here today, uh, but uh, I'm going to have to release you uh, into the wild. Uh, will you fly back on Wednesday? Unlike Angel, I will fly back <laughs> to return. Awesome. Well, on Mondays, we make sure to let our guests let everybody know where they can find you. I, mean, I don't know if you want to just cover the live stuff or you have a central location, but please oh, let them know. I've got a central location. <laughs> okay. uh, so the shoulder shimmy's back. It's very exciting. Uh, <laughs> I have a website, onesteelsister.com, O-N-E-S-T-E-E-L-E-S-I-S-T-E-R. That's also my handle on social media. Uh-huh. And um, that has links to all my shows, my guest appearances, and my book. The book that I wrote that is like a thing now. (laughs) Not in my head. (laughs) You're a published author. Can can you tell tell our folks about your book? Uh, Yes. So it's um, it's self-published. It's a it's technically young adult, but it's set in the summer of 2000. So it's chock full of 90s references. Um, each chapter title is a 90s song that they would have been oh, nice. listening to. I guess there's a couple that are 2000, but is, um, are there any chapters yeah. named dreams? 
<laughs> no. All right, all right. But but you know what? Like dreams is in there somewhere. Dreams are zombies in there somewhere. Like nice. emotionally, you can feel it. Um, <laughs> and it is. I did a podcast on American Graffiti, one of these, and got super hooked on it, and was like, you know. Dazed and Confused updated American Graffiti for the 70s, and I think it's time for American Graffiti to be updated for the 90s. So it is about four friends the last night before they all split up for college, driving around their hometown. It's called The Post Road because I am from southern Connecticut, where The Post Road is the main drag through town, um, which is where we used to... we literally just used to drive up and down and look for like, oh, I see so-and-so's car over in the Nobody Beats the Wiz parking lot. Hang a left. <laughs> Go see what they're up to. Oh, <laughs> uh, Nobody Beats the Wiz. That brings back memories. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So if it brings back memories, you might enjoy my book. <laughs> it's chock full awesome. of stuff like that. <laughs> So onesteelsister.com, that's mm-hmm. correct, right? Awesome. Yeah. And people go check that out and uh, and we'll see you all on Wednesday. And until next time. Yes, that's very helpful.